0: Hello and welcome to The Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn.
1: And I'm Jill Huffman.
0: And today we're sitting down for one of our many holiday episodes for the month of December. Jill and I are taking it a little easy this December. We're both very busy with work. This is our busiest time of year. Literally. Bar none. And uh, if you see a hairdresser, you see a nurse... Just give them like a high five and a Starbucks gift card. I, know. I always
1: tell everybody, well, before COVID, I always say, hug a medical professional uh-huh. during this time of the year and just tell them they're doing a good job because...
0: Because why is it so busy, Jill? What's uh, For us, it's called a deductible
1: dash. Everybody has met their deductible by this time of the year. And so now it's a rush to get everything done. That they've been putting off, which, mm-hmm. you know, I don't blame them. We, I do the same thing mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, though, we meet our detectable very early because my husband is diabetic mm-hmm. and his supplies cost a
0: shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. So you're cheating? No, I'm kidding.
1: So we cheat a little <laughs> bit. But by, by this time of the year, I have no flex pay. So it's like mm. nothing happens.
0: Yes. <laughs> and mine is I get to this time of year and I realize... Did I schedule my second teeth cleaning? Did I get, and then I just go, I guess it waits until January because. I know
1: that it's funny because the the dentist, like my second teeth cleaning is always in October Mm -hmm. and October is a hit or miss for us, whether it's going to be busy or not. This October has been super busy. And so I keep getting called. We have you down. you need a second teeth clean? Would you like to schedule now? And I'm like, Ooh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nope. And I just went back full-time to work after a year working part-time. And I did not anticipate my books filling as quickly as they did for December. And the other thing is like the daycare that my son goes to closes for the last two weeks of the year. Which rightfully so, right? They work.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But it's also like... At the
1: same time, it's like,
0: fuck. fuck. (laughs) So they're closed from... Uh, like Christmas Eve until the Monday he goes back is the third of January. So I will be home for two weeks with my toddler, which will be fine, but he's going to be so bored.
1: Oh, I know the twins have been home for a week for Thanksgiving. And yesterday I just looked at it. I'm like, I love you both so much, but I kind of want to kill you a little mm-hmm.
0: bit right now. Mm-hmm.
1: And then they ate like last night, of course. Being the assholes that they are, they hugged you and they're like, We're sorry, we're so annoying today, and you deserve to be, you know, quiet time too. And I was just like, Thanks, guys, thanks for bringing that mom guilt Mm -hmm. up to the very front.
0: This is how they get you. They act like I know feral creatures all day, and then they go touch your little face and they go, I love you. You're like, I love you, I'm so sorry. My son for Thanksgiving. I was putting him in the car and we were going to run some errands on Black Friday, which I forgot was Black Friday. And I put him in the car and I buckle him in and I said, you did such a good job yesterday for Thanksgiving. I hosted my first Thanksgiving this year and it was just brief moments of panic, nothing crazy. And uh, I put him in the car. I'm like, you did so great yesterday. And he goes, yeah, I listened. I was so nice boy. I said, you were so nice boy. And then he looks at me and he goes, mom, you did so good yesterday too. And you listened, and you were nice. And I was like, thank you. He goes, you did so good. You did good. Also, the other day, (laughs) this may be TMI, but it's funny. I was in the bathroom, okay, mom break time, sitting there, scrolling TikTok or whatever. And I hear from outside of the door, my son said, mom, hurry up and wipe your butt. You're all done. Hurry up. Hurry up. And so I started laughing. I went, okay. And then the other day I said, I need toilet paper. Will you bring me some toilet paper? And he goes, mom, there's wipes right there. And he comes into the bathroom and hands them to me. And he goes, see, good job. And then left. <laughs> and I was like, and my husband goes, did he just tell you that there's wipes and that you're doing a good job? And I went, yeah, yes, he did. And I feel better. I mean, I everybody feel...
1: needs that pat on the back.
0: Uh huh. And it is, it is getting to the time of year that I've waited for with my son. Because he will be four in January. And so the first Christmas, there's really no excitement, right? They're just like, those lights are yeah. dope. It's cool. Yeah. They Thanks. just
1: stare at you like, what's going on? Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and then the second Christmas, there was like, he started to get that like presents were a thing. And like opening them was fun. And so about October, he started mentioning Christmas, right? And started talking about it. And he'd bring it up to Jill. And, and literally anybody that walks in my house... <laughs> Christmas is coming. And so now it's making us very excited about starting these new traditions with my son. And this is where we're like building those memories, you know, that you grow up with. And then you get married and you're like, what did you do for Christmas? This is what I did. And then it's weird for a couple of years. And then you get past that.
1: Yeah. So that's the hardest thing when you get into a relationship with anybody, because you just assume everybody has the same traditions. Mm hmm. I don't know why we think that, but we do Yep. like that first year, my husband and I um, were married because we had lived together for a few years before we got married, Mm -hmm. but we still spent Christmas kind of apart with our families or whatnot. And, um, but that first year we were married, he wanted to open all the presents on Christmas Eve. Excuse you. I just looked at him like, uh, no, You, you get one. Mm hmm. He's like, no, you open them all. And I'm like, uh, Santa didn't come. Did he?
0: No. Mm-mm.
1: I was like, so that was like maybe one of our first arguments
0: yeah, like, what you over doing? when
1: to open <laughs> presents. But no. And so, no, now he is with it. You know, one present on Christmas Eve, because once we had the kids, he got he kind of got it. He was like, there's no fun mm-hmm. because Santa hasn't come. You mm-hmm. got to wake up and see Santa's presents. But. No, this year it's, it's kind of, it's like when they're little, it's so fun to watch them, but the older they get, cause the twins are 14 now and to, they're to that point, it's like, wh- what do you get them? Right. Because some of the things they want are like, so stupidly <laughs> expensive. I just stare at them and I'm like, mm-hmm. really? You think that like, I could just like pop that out anywhere. No problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause my husband wants the whole gaming system Uh, because he has the xbox and he has a tv a bigger tv which is fine but he wants like the whole like system like the pc part now
0: oh and i was like
1: oh sweet boy but and so and also because my kids have started competition soccer now and you know we've been kind of upfront with like finances like look yes we live in a nice house and we have cars but we have to work for it Mm -hmm. and you know think just because something says it's it's only a hundred dollars that's a hundred dollars that you know we kind of have to budget Mm -hmm. and so when I was asking my kids for what they want for Christmas and they both looked at me like we don't want any and I'm like well no what do you want like Mm -hmm. I want to get you something and my daughter's like no you spend so much money on us through the year we don't want anything oh I know so I was like Wow, I was like a really bad child because I was just like, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this. And here are my kids
0: are like, no, mom, you've gotten us way too much. And you're like, uh, I don't think so.
1: I know. And I'm like, well,
0: I want to buy you
1: things. And even now my daughter's like, okay, don't spend a lot on us.
0: They're the sweetest kids.
1: I know. They're so good. Like I can, I don't know what I did, but <laughs> I did something.
0: <laughs> Honesty. <nice. laughs> Being uh, straightforward you know but
1: yeah so no we we have our we've started some traditions since ethan and i have been married since the kids have come along yeah for sure and it's stuff that we've seen like ethan well like this weekend we went and got our christmas tree
0: i know i love that so that was a
1: big thing with ethan's family they went out and they would cut their own christmas tree down well, we, because we lived on base, and so we get them from a tree farm or whatever we uh-huh. did when we lived. I think it was in California or Washington. I can't remember, but we'd gone out a few times to cut our Christmas trees down, and within my family, that was
0: not a fun experience <laughs> <laughs> at all. Was <laughs> there was there arguments? There was a
1: lot of arguments yeah. and silent treatment.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And so the first time my husband wanted to do it after he had bought his truck, I was like, Oh no, we don't do that.
0: <laughs> Cause you were like, this and is like, not- I
1: don't, I don't want to argue. And he's like, why would we argue? And I'm like, I don't know. That's just how it was in my family.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, we've never, I only had a real Christmas tree for like a couple of years when my mom was married to uh, her now ex-husband and he was like insistent on getting it. I think they just went and bought it somewhere, but that was the only like time frame that we ever had a real Christmas tree growing up.
1: Well, no. And that, that's what I thought he meant. Like go and grab one from like Fred Myers. And I was like, Oh, that's fine. I don't care. He's like, no, go up into the forest. I'm Over like, I- yes. That's exactly what I thought the whole time, our first time, because this is the fourth year we've done it. Okay. Because we didn't do it the last couple of years because we had just moved into this house last year and I had gotten COVID. Mm -hmm. And then the year before that, we were in a small apartment while our house was being built. So we didn't do it. So this year, Ethan was like, we're going. (laughs) But no, with every tree we've cut down, we always cut like the wedge before we chop it down, you know. And so we've kept every wedge.
0: Oh.
1: We do it, and like we write the year on it
0: and like that, and so cute. Yeah, that's,
1: that's so- our new. That's our Christmas tradition.
0: What did you grow up doing? Like, what was your Christmas traditions as a kid?
1: You know, like the one thing is I always remember is we always got to open one gift on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and um, my parents. Now I know why they would choose the present cuz it was the christmas jammies. Yeah. Like I got like one year my mom did let me uh pick a gift and I can't remember what it was and I kind of just looked at it like what is this? And then my parents were like, "Oh, I well, I don't know it. We'll see, if you have to see." <laughs> <laughs> and then later on it, oh it was a CD and I didn't have like a disc player or anything.
0: And they, and they were like, like, "Fuck, I forgot that's that was in that wrapping."
1: And so I was just like, neat, CD, because we didn't have a CD player in the car. So I was just like,
0: just going to look at this. Okay,
1: thanks, guys. And <laughs> then I got like a stereo, whatever I can remember. That happened to my husband one year, too. He opened batteries. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Those, those batteries that came in handy. Um, but a tradition my dad and I had done most when I was little all the time is we would We would open the presents before Christmas.
0: (gasps) Cheating? You were cheating with your dad. Was in on it? Dad was in on it. Dad caught me. Oh, my husband would do this because I would shake
1: him, (laughs) and he's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, stared at him, wide eyed. I'm like, (laughs) nothing. And he's like, are you trying to figure out? Cause there'd be presents like for my grandparents or something like that. Cause my mom knew right off the bat, she never put any present except okay. for one under the tree because I was notorious because if I'd shake something a little too hard, uh-huh. the wrapping would
0: come off uh, ac- accidentally, of course,
1: I don't know how it happened. Uh. And so my dad caught me. So he was like, here, let me show you an easier way. So uh- he'd get a sharp knife and he would cut along the tape precisely and then we'd carefully open it <laughs> and then like oh sweet that's what I wanted then we would like cut like take the tape in exact measure as the tape that was already on the box and retape it
0: so what was your reaction like Christmas day like did you have to amp it up
1: oh I am like the best actress ever because my dad was like he's like you cannot he's like you cannot let them know that you do this and I was like, I won't, Dad, I won't. And so the first time I did, I was like, oh my God, you guys, you've got you guys, that's so
0: nice. Thank you. I love it.
1: Mm-hmm. And my dad just stared at me and he's like, How many times have you lied to my face? I was
0: like, <laughs> As you're telling this story, I'm going, like, this makes so much sense. Cause I've seen this re- this thing <laughs> from you, this <laughs> reaction, this personification of Jill Huffman. And in my brain, I go, She's good. She's good. She's got a good poker face because I know what's going on behind those eyes. Yeah. Yeah. All makes sense now. I'm blaming you. I'm calling your dad after this. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. See, and we couldn't do it with my sister because she has no poker face. She could
1: not not tell you what she did.
0: Mm. We learned that about me, too, that I don't. Yeah. Only when it counts. Yeah.
1: Ethan can't lie either because he gives too big of an elaborate story. (laughs) I'll just sit there and I'll be like, stop it, stop it. You're you're giving, whoa, whoa. Pop the birds. that's Wow. That
0: can't even happen in normal <laughs> life.
1: I don't know why you went with that. But okay. We'll
0: uh-huh. just go with it. I peeked at presents one time on purpose. And I felt so guilty about it. Like all the way up until Christmas, I was riddled with guilt and shame for looking At one present that I never, I never peaked again. And then there was, so growing up, like our family stuff, like we always went to Christmas Eve at my grandparents' house, my mom's mom and dad, the one I always talk about on the show. And it was like, when I was little, it was at my great grandmother's house and then it moved to my great aunt's house. And then there, once my great grandmother died, there was a little bit of like, uh, some bad stuff, you know, like when the matriarch dies without saying anything too bad. And so the families just kind of separated, and we would go to my grandparents' house, and it was like full Christmas dress. Like you had an outfit that you wore yeah. to Christmas Eve dinner, and we would sit around the table and we would, you know, all this stuff. That's this is where the, you know, one time a year we prayed over the food would happen. Yeah. Like <laughs> my, my grandpa would say a prayer, and And we did, this was the other thing that I didn't realize was not like a singular family tradition, was like in my family, we pass presents out. There's a present passer, right? It was always like Mm -hmm. with with the oldest grandkid or whatever, right? And then the younger kid would get like thrown into it because the oldest one was like, I'm fucking over this. So we'd pass presents out. You'd pick your spot to sit and then it would go like each person would open a gift one by one. The first time I experienced like full-on rampage present opening, I was devastated because I was like, "How do you watch everybody's reaction? How do you?" And everybody's just ripping their shit open, and I'm just like, "Wait, this is chaos. This is Christmas chaos. Stop!" <laughs> and I was like, "I, I was like, just what?" And I kept looking at my mom, like, "What's What are they doing? Why?" But we would, so we would go one by one and we would open all of our presents and my parents were, my parents divorced when I was eight. So we did most of the Christmas stuff with my mom and then like every other weekend at my dad's, nothing really stands out in memory that way. But then we would go home and we would, we had an upstairs and a downstairs, right? We had a basement. All of our bedrooms were in the basement, me and my brothers. And... We would have Christmas cookies set out and everything was decorated and we'd go downstairs. And then, of course, Christmas morning, you're like, cannot wait to go upstairs. But we couldn't go upstairs until we were like summoned, right? Because now I understand it as a mom. My mom's like, chill the fuck out. Pump the brakes. So we would be at the bottom of the staircase, me and my brothers. And I was the baby still at this time, right? So I would be trying to sneak up, and my brothers would literally just pull me by my ankles, like, back down the stairs. And we would sit, and you would have to, like, sit in silence, right? Because we had to wait for two very specific signals that my mom did not realize she was giving. She would go to the kitchen, and at the time, I don't think she drank coffee in the morning. It was just Diet Coke. So you had to wait to hear her open a Diet Coke and light a cigarette. (laughs) And when you heard the can and the lighter, it was go time. You could do it. So you would we'd go up the stairs, and then the whole living room would just be like, you know, stocking stuffed, mm-hmm. everything like that. You'd get your stocking, and my mom would just be like, chill the fuck out. And so, yeah, we'd get set up and same thing. You know, you'd have each person open their own gift. There was always a first present and a last present, a group present, and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, we used to do, when the kids were little, um, so instead of just picking one under the tree to open, I started... The elf gift. So the elf would bring them their Christmas Eve gift, which they knew was going to be Christmas jammies, and then it would be like a gift that they both could use. Mm -hmm. And so I started that out without even realizing that's what I did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And to this day, my kids will be like, "Where? Where's the elf gift?" And I'm like, "Oh, are we? You still want that?" And they're like, "Well, yeah, I need my jammies." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, okay." Mm-hmm. Let me hurry and uh, go get an elf
0: gift. <laughs> hold on a minute.
1: But no, i like, yeah, to this day, I'll still get them like their elf gift. And they always like through like. But so we did the chaos growing up. And then afterwards, we did a show and tell.
0: I'm sorry. With, I, with, hold Ethan,
1: on. with Ethan, it was that like, I would like. I would be the handout and I'd put like their gifts and I'm like, open them. And then Ethan would be like, no, sit down. And I'm like, why? Just open your presents. He's like, no, we're gonna do this one at a time. And I'm like, oh my God. I have cooking <laughs> to do. I don't have time to sit here for five hours while you each individually open.
0: hmm hmm So now how is your transition feel? Do you still feel that way?
1: Yes, because he um <laughs> But I have learned that I will like buy cinnamon rolls from like Geraldine's or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that breakfast is at least done. You've adapted. I don't have to do that Mm -hmm. because normally I would make Christmas breakfast. Mm -hmm. But now that we have to take turns opening presents, I have to.
0: The truth that comes out over our.
1: I know. See, that's why I was just like when he was like, no, what are you doing? I'm like,
0: just open them. He's like, no, you gotta take turns. No, you know? and like- then okay, here. All right. Like the open them all and then do a show and tell. Why don't you just kill two birds, one stone, and just <laughs> fucking wait your turn?
1: Because it takes forever. <laughs>
0: all right. Okay. Because
1: Ethan is the one that is like nicely open. And I wanna say the twins kind of nicely open as well. Me, I'm just like. Whoosh yeah I this is why Ethan hates me during Christmas and my birthday because i hate I just want to know I mm-hmm. cannot mm-hmm. wait because I just need it done and over with because it just kills me having to wait for anything, so he, being the bastard that he is, mm-hmm. went to Wanda Linda's estate sales, and she was like, "Oh, are you Christmas shopping for Jill?" He's like, "I wasn't, but that's a great idea, And when we were in l a he rapped. All those things and they are in the basement next to the tree next to the basement. Before they were just in the corner and I didn't notice them because I don't go down in the basement a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh he had said, Don't don't open them. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I know you saw those presents. I was like, what presents? And I went down there. I was like, "You asshole!"
0: <laughs>
1: I was like, "It's one thing to know that I'm getting presents. It's another to have them stare." And then Isley's even like, she like he has her watching me at all times because mm-hmm. I'll get near him and she'll be like, "Mom,
0: she needs a does she needs a spray me. bottle <laughs> to spray you away from the presents." Ethan's
1: like, "And I know your tape tricks. I know all your tricks. <laughs> I will know if you
0: open them." <laughs> He's on to you. He's like, "Nice try." Yeah. They're like bank bags. You open it and you just come up all blue. I don't know what happened. A dog was getting into them. I was
1: trying to stop Lola. Okay. I hit
0: it with the vacuum really hard. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. So and that was, my husband grew up like as an only child and then he had two sisters nine years later and his family, like they, like, they didn't have like super strong like Christmas traditions. Like his grandma always made the same cookies and they would have like dinner and stuff over there and they would open presents. But when it came to decorating, like at my house growing up, we all did it, me and my brothers and my mom. And we all had for the Christmas tree, we each had our own box of ornaments that we got, you know, every year or whatever. So from like when we were born to when we moved out of the house, there was this whole Tupperware thing Rubbermaid thing of ornaments and then you would put them on the tree and there was like ornaments that my mom had that went on the tree every year. She had these cute ceramic like plaster mice with leather tails that would go like all over. And so that's what we did. We would decorate the tree. It was always like a kind of a skinny tree with multicolor lights and the quilted skirt that she had made. And so it was like my favorite thing. We would listen to Christmas music, decorate the tree. So when Dustin and I got together, I was like, let's do this. So I like get Christmas music going and we get the tree and I'm like trying to teach him how to fluff the tree and he's just getting pissed off. And I'm like, come decorate with me. And like for several years, it was like a little tension because I was like, just enjoy it. And he was like, (laughs) I never did it. It was not fun at my house. And so now he will help. And he, we've, continued the tradition of like here's your box of ornaments and you put them wherever and so it's nice now to have the tree in the basement that i can decorate the way i like to decorate a tree and then we have the one upstairs because the one upstairs is now like the free range toddler yeah
1: and that's yeah when ethan and i were first married we decorated like you know like the parade of homes trees kind of deal like it was like uh-huh. to the nines like everything strategic big bows and all this and then when they, we had the kids like the first couple of years they didn't care mm-hmm. but as they got older they would put all the ornaments in one area and then they wanted to add ones that didn't go with that scheme
0: oh yeah and mm-hmm. so now
1: now our tree that's the tree that we cut down and we call it's our memory tree so it's all like the kids' little ornaments and then Whenever we go on vacation anywhere, I always grab an ornament from that place, Mm -hmm. and then we have...
0: Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. There's your vintage tip of the week. Get yourself an ornament souvenir. I get ugly magnets. That's what I get. But I like the ornament idea.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, My best friend Tammy the one that started doing that first and then i was like well, that's a great idea and it's like you know when you go somewhere it's like not the greatest place for a souvenir mm-hmm. so it's like well what are you gonna do and right. so like when we went to new mexico um albuquerque is known for their uh, hot air balloon festival oh right so i got this really pretty hot air balloon festival one
0: cute
1: and um when we went to disney world i got a couple from there it's
0: a good idea yeah, I had somebody, when, when my husband and I got married 10 years ago, one of my Christmas, one of our uh, wedding gifts was a Christmas ornament with a year on it. And it's oh, like our cute. first yeah. Christmas. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's such a great gift idea if, if the person celebrates Christmas, right? If it's, But I was, yeah, that was one of like my favorite things was that. And then like seeing the ornaments every year that we had as a kid. And we'll have to post pictures of some of ours. I have this one. From the year I was born, and it is a ballerina kitty cat, and it has the ribbon that ties to the joints, and you pull her tail, and her arms and legs go up and down, oh, like she's yeah. jumping. <laughs> and I have, I have that one. And then I have some ornaments that clients have given me, or they've traveled somewhere and bought these different ornaments, and I love like putting them out on the tree every year and remembering like, where I mm-hmm. was at that time in my life when I got... Sad ornament and like some of them that are broken or ones I remember just like being a bitch about be like I need this ornament now I have it now I remember just being a bitch about it (laughs) hey
1: but it's a memory
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and it was you know I have um this year for the first time I got to put them out I got to find where I put them my grandmother gave me several years ago she had she bought every year she bought a silver bell That had the year on it. And like one day I went down there and she just gave me the whole bag of them. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do with these? And now I'm like, well, I guess I could display them or something. But this morning my son was walking around with it like this. (laughs) He comes out of his bedroom with his hoodie up on his sweater jacket. That's what he calls it. Mom, I need my sweater jacket. So he has the hood up and he's got pajama pants on and snow boots. And he's carrying the bell up (laughs) like an undertaker, right? Swinging it. And he's just going, Mom, listen, it makes a ding, 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 <laughs> a ding, ding. And I'm like, that's true. And then he goes, I'm going to go outside. And I was like, this is chaos. This is chaos. He also yelled at me from across the yard today. He goes, stands up. He has like the same garden tools that I have, right? Just in child form. And he grabs his shovel and he's got it like handled down, spayed up. And he looks at me and he goes, Mom, get your shovel and dig a hole with me. <laughs> And I was like, no. And he was like, I'm digging for treasure. You want to dig for treasure? Get your shovel. I just, I'm like, what do our neighbors think of what we're doing in this house?
1: Well, that was us yesterday we went up to get the tree because the kids love getting the tree, too. It's fun for them because mm-hmm. especially if we don't have snow yet here, there's always snow up in the mountains, which there were, but it wasn't as much as we've normally seen. Which is surprising. It's super surprising, which makes me worried. We're going to have a very long ass winter. Mm -hmm. But uh, so the kids are so excited because we have like a sled that we use to pull the tree because we don't have snowmobiles or anything. We always walk. Mm -hmm. And so they like to like drag that and they'll take turns pulling each other. And then Ethan being neurotic like he is, has to find the perfect Griswold Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. I'm always like, what about that one? No, what about that one? No, one year he he, like he was just going all over, and so the I was like the kids and I are gonna wait right here. (laughs) You go on your journey. Just make sure you know how to get back to us. And so he had been gone for like forty minutes, and I was like starting to get worried, and I was just like, shit. And like I was like,
0: guys, be quiet. Like trying to listen, hear him
1: maybe. And I'm like, finally he comes back. He's like, I found it. And I was like, where is it? And he's like, it's down the ways. And I'm like, okay. So, and that time we didn't have a sled or anything because I didn't like, I, right. I didn't know we were going to be trekking. Yeah. So we had gone up maybe another, I don't know, quarter mile up. And I was just like, I kept saying, you know, whatever we cut down, we have to drag back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We get up to this tree and the Christmas tags here, you are allotted a 19 foot tree. You can okay. cut down a 19 foot tree. Um, and he pointed to it and I said, that is 19 feet. No, no, it's not. He's like, that's maybe
0: 10. And I'm like, babe, everything looks bigger in the wilderness. If you learn nothing from park,
1: I was like, that is not 10 feet. He's like, well, this is the one I want, and I said, okay. So we're cutting it. He's cutting it down because I don't do the cutting. Mm-hmm. And the um, the saw that we had at the time broke, and at the time we just had like a little like was it a hacksaw? Mm-hmm. So he's like hacking away, going back and forth. Finally, like it falls. Finally, the kids are excited. I'm excited because we're finally found the tree because it's been forever. And I said, let's measure it. I said, because I bet you 20 bucks mm-hmm. it is a 19 foot tree. He's like, no, he's like 15 at the most. And I said, no.
0: It's a pretty so big jump to from 10. 15,
1: yeah. So we got to 15 and I said, oh, look at that. There's still more to go. It was 18 and seven eighths.
0: Oh my God.
1: Our ceilings at the time were only 10 feet. Mm-hmm i looked at him and i said hey again drag this out he's like we can just pull it mm, mm-hmm. I was like we cannot pull a whole damn tree so i was like cut it in half i'll drag one you drag the other and that's what we did he dragged one half i dragged the other and i was like so Do you have
0: to take the whole this? tree that you cut down out
1: yes yeah, so you have to take the whole thing and you have to cut it as close to the ground as you possibly can mm. and so yeah oh. and then we had to put it in the truck <laughs>
0: Oh my god! And then drive back almost an hour. Yeah, and
1: the kids love it though because they just get to play, and yeah. that's what they did this time. We went. We it didn't take us long to find a tree this year, just because the snow wasn't so deep. Uh huh. And so Aiden always likes to help cut it down, but um, this year he was more interested in playing tackle football with oh, Isley. Dear. So that's what they would do. They would take turns tackling each other in the snow. And then I'm just standing there and I just take pictures the whole time. Yeah. Cause it's beautiful out there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like laying in the snow in these different angles trying to get this li- and Ethan's over here, like in a way trying to get a tree down, but no. And then like this, they actually, the kids actually dragged it out. So it was fun. Yeah. Nice job. I know. And then uh, I was like, dad, if you give me a dollar, I'll take it the rest of the way. <laughs> it was like, Sure.
0: Just a dollar? <laughs> Isley, bump it up. Come on. So then we got to the trek and we got home. She's like, ah, uh, I never got my dollar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I love that. I also love watching when you post like the little videos of stuff, listening to your giggle as you're watching your family just <laughs> act know. a fool I is know. like my favorite thing.
1: You mean like the whipped cream launcher that they did? <laughs> yeah. Ethan did it again <sighs> after that. He's like, "I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this." And Izzy's like showing him like the technique, and he did it, and it hit the ceiling.
0: No, and way. then it fell to the floor. <laughs> so how? And I, you got tall ceilings, my dude. Yeah. Oh my god. I was like, "Wow, that's impressive." However, clean it up. Oh, you still didn't do it right. You did it really. You did a lot, but you still didn't get. Yeah. The, you went too far this time. Uh-huh. Too much. Too much yeah we started um because like you know as a new family and all of those things we were kind of discussing like what traditions do we want to start and what things do we want to like leave not do behind yeah like one of the things i try not to do a lot of is talk heavily about santa because i just have like weird feelings about like lying and then being like don't lie to me but also santa <laughs> You know, so like if it comes up in conversation, I don't dodge it, but I don't like it's not a part of the everyday vernacular around Christmas time, which is just my own thing. And if you do Santa, that's just fine. I grew up with Santa and my brothers ruined it for me. So it's whatever, you know, and I wanted to, we never, you know, we did the Christmas Eve thing with my grandparents and then once we all got married and stuff, we just didn't do that anymore. And now we do Christmas Eve dinner at my mom's. But um, I was like, I want to do Christmas jammies. I had friends that always did Christmas jammies. And I was like, I want to do that. So I started that the year my son was born. And my husband hates it every year because the pajamas are ridiculous.
1: They are. Okay. I, yeah, we tried to do that. And I got maybe two years out of Ethan and Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm not doing this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So this year I'm going to pull it back a little bit. Last year I did red and I did striped onesies for my husband and I and the child and my husband, Came out of the bedroom. And he's got like a pretty long torso. He's tall, right? And he comes out of the bedroom and he looks at me. And I was like, so good. He goes, please don't take it. And I was like, it's so good. Come on. Enjoy it. Be festive. And he goes, it's up my ass. I was like, it's okay. It's okay. It's just for Christmas. It's for Christmas. <laughs> and uh, so we had those. And so this year, I'm just going to get shirts made that say something or have something. And then people can wear their respective pajama pants.
1: See, and I think that's what did for so last year, because the kids and I used to do it all the time. We'd met kind of wear matching jammies. Like I'd get them something like cause Ethan was like, I don't want any part of this. And last year, Isley brought on the guilt. Nice. And she was like, Auntie Sarah and Auntie Coco and Auntie Tammy, they all do matching family jammies. We never do. And he said, Well, your dad doesn't really like do that. And she was just like, well, I guess that's okay. So again, my mom guilt like ranches it up because uh-huh. she was like, it's a new house. It would just be nice to have a new tradition. And I was like, you're good. You mm-hmm. learned that from me. Mm-hmm. You're so
0: good. I say, you're, this is your child. So,
1: yeah. So then Ethan and I went to Target and I said, we got to get matching jammies. He's like, no, we don't. Wait, what? And I said, your daughter wants us to wear matching jammies. Mm-hmm. And by God, we're going to do it. So I got us all, and for whatever reason, I don't know why the Christmas jammies have to be so thin. Yeah. Like, why can't they just be a normal pajama, but just match?
0: Right. I'll, I'll rock Christmas jammies all year. I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah. Like, I, you know, whatever. So I found us some decent ones that I could kind of get in all our sizes, and Ethan did the same thing. He came out, and I was like, oh, my God, you're so cute. And he was like, I have two pairs of underwear on because these are so thin. And I was (laughs) like, I know, but it's fine. It's for your daughter. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I swear to God, if you take pictures of me in these, I will kill you in your sleep. And I was like, no, don't worry. Don't worry. I mean, maybe from like here, you know, chest up. Yeah. Nobody's going to see
0: your nipples. Just
1: to see like the, you know, we're all wearing the same shirt. (laughs) And so this year. we're talking about, he's like, I'm not like, if you buy them, I'm not wearing them. And that's like, that's fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah. So the kids and I are wearing like zipper jammies, our own zipper jammies. And I found on, uh, was it Fenty Savage or Savage? Oh yeah. Yeah. Brianna's line. She's got these really cute little zipper jammies for women and men actually. So I bought my self that, and they're on sale right now for 25 bucks
0: going right now uh yeah i am look i like it every year i like and we take a picture in front of the tree and we all look you know tired and it's just because yeah and I've,
1: yeah and once we decorate the tree that night so tonight we'll make hot chocolate and we'll watch
0: elf mm-hmm. and we do hot chocolate with a little bit of bailey's Mm -hmm. and then we make popcorn that was something my husband grew up with was making popcorn with christmas and we will decorate and we put on uh the griswold family christmas christmas
1: we so we will watch that after thanksgiving dinner Mm. is what we when we that's when we start the whole christmas thing but this year it was at my house and um we didn't get to watch it. And so uh, one of my nephews, he's like, we're not watching it. And I'm like, we will watch it, dude. And I was like, we won't watch it without you though. And oh. he's like, okay. He's like, cause we have to all watch it together. And I said, I agree. So we have not watched it yet. So we'll, we're watching that next weekend with all of them.
0: This is a good plan. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited. We'll see. My husband feels a little under the weather today. So it may just be me doing most of the, which is okay.
1: Which I was going to say, eh, that's kind that's of preferred. Kind of,
0: well, and a lot of it because of the podcast, a lot of the collections that I thought had, you know, grown to where they were going to be were done doing so. And with what we've learned and what we've seen, my vintage Christmas collection, has grown exponentially in the last. Oh, West.
1: my God. Especially this year, for whatever reason, there was a lot of Christmas decorations going out.
0: Yes. Yes. And now that, like, you know, we kind of know what stuff is. I, in 2019, before we started the show, it was when we were getting ready to, like, head into what the Mothball Prophecies was going to be. And so I was on Facebook Marketplace looking for things, and there was a Christmas ornament lot in Pocatello, and it was like five or six boxes of shiny brights, and then some glass West Germany blown glass ornaments, and it was like all of them I want to say for under fifty dollars or just at fifty bucks. And I like got in my car and drove to Pocatello because I was like they were in the boxes, they're beautiful. That that started it, but yeah, over the last year, seeing stuff at sales, ah, uh, the Goodwill thrift stores yard sales just was wild and auctions online auctions
1: online auctions for you have been very good yeah
0: i just got a huge christmas lot so much stuff i'm sending one of the tree stands to gray actually
1: they're getting their
0: first real christmas tree this year so i'm gonna send i got two vintage tree stands so i'm sending one of them to him tomorrow
1: oh yeah that's fun yeah i um Cause I was pulling out my Christmas stuff today and I've got a bunch of new stuff, but um, I didn't think I had bought a lot of vintage, but I've got like, I think like eight full boxes of vintage, like shiny brights. And I think the other one's like Holly box or something like mm, that. Mm-hmm. And then I have wood ones and I have some of these cute little, um, they look like little toy soldiers, but they're uh felt and they're
0: Japan felt ornaments.
1: Yeah. And then, um, garland and tinsel and Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. a lot.
0: And it's been like with the show, it's changed my perspective on how I hunt for things. And like my brain before thrifting was very seasonal, right? I'm like looking at stuff and I'm like, well, I don't need that right now. I don't, I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. And now when I'm out and I see something that is not in the season I'm in, I'm like, oh shit. And then I just have a spot in my storage room that I put all of the things. Like I have like a half empty uh Christmas box that I put holiday stuff in or my Halloween stuff. And I just look all year long And it's really – it's paid off because I decorated a full six-foot Christmas tree with ornaments and still had stuff to spare. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. I've got – so I'll have our tree upstairs. I have one downstairs. And then I'll put a little one in our dining room. And I have more than enough ornaments for all three. I love it. It's so fun. Mm
0: -hmm. And I have also – like before i think in my brain it was a very very much like feast or famine about vintage right and i was be like oh this it can only be used for this purpose right mm-hmm. now i have all of these ornaments right and some really old vintage ornaments almost antiques but some of them are missing the tops right and so now i've made the transition into like these are okay to be used for a craft that will still be displayed at christmas time like it doesn't right. It doesn't defeat the purpose of what it is, nor does it change its value or any weird thing, right, that we do in our brain about uh, vintage stuff. And I'm also going to do behind us where we record. I'm going to change out the display and make it all Christmas and hang ornaments from these little wire Ikea shelves. So there's a a cute little display behind us. Switch it out for the holiday. That's cute. Yeah. But there was one thing that we found this year in the house that Jill and I will forever love. And it was our last pick through the house where we were finding all of this stuff, right? And it was, we still could have probably spent another hour there and found more stuff. And we had found so many great vintage Christmas items from this house. And one of the things we found, I saw them, I had never seen them before. And I was like, we have to grab those. So I grabbed everything that was in the drawer And when we got back to Jill's house and laid everything out to see what we had, one of them dropped and broke. And I was devastated that day that it happened because I think it was a Santa head. I was so sad, but it was was what it is, right? It was the end (coughs) of its vintage journey. And they were, what we found were these Christmas light bulbs that were figural. So they were in the shape of, like, I have one that's a double-sided girl's head and then the other one is just a blue christmas light then there was the santa one and there was another one too um i think and i saw them and i was like i know these are old but i don't know anything about them and they are uh milk glass figural christmas light bulbs let me find my article here this week's curio corner is a little different we're just going to we're going to wrap into some of the stuff that we found that has become a more of a favorite part of our collections. So mine is going to be these is Christmas lights in general, but the ones I'm now collecting which is the milk glass Christmas lights. This comes from oldchristmastreelights.com. Um so the first electric Christmas lights were displayed in the home of Edward Johnson and he was a colleague of Thomas Edison just 3 years after he invented the light bulb. It was a publicity stunt that they decorated the first Christmas tree with lights. And New York papers refused to cover the event because they just thought it was so fucking stupid. They were like, we're not going to cover this. (laughs) They thought it was just a grab for publicity, but the Detroit Post and Tribune covered it, one reporter. And Johnson's tree, he had hand-wired the lights, so he took electricity from his office and ran this like flimsy line of wire into where the tree was and wired the tree and then underneath the floor wired a rotational system to spin the tree around. And he decorated the tree with red, white, and blue lights that flashed alternately. So they would go red, white, blue, red, white, blue, all while the tree was spinning, um, which is crazy for, I mean, this was like early 1900s, right? And early in their history, Christmas lights were so expensive that they were more commonly rented than sold because this first tree happened and then people started to see it. And of course, it started in the very upper class, right? If you could afford electricity, you could afford to have Christmas lights and buy the bulbs to light an entire tree. So you could, if you couldn't buy all of the bulbs and the string and everything to go with it, you could rent the bulbs. And there was a time that they thought that Christmas tree lights had to stay upright. They couldn't hang upside down or side to side. So there was companies that were devoting like tons and tons of time to try and figure out how to get them to stay upright on a tree. And they were doing the lights. The the lights were touted as being safer than candles because that's what they lit Christmas trees with before was just fire. Yes, which... I mean,
1: at the time, sounded like a smart idea.
0: But they were not safer. They still got so hot. Matter of fact, one of the glass ornaments I put on my tree last night was melted on one side. Shut up. There is a hole <laughs> through the glass bell. Um, so, uh, electricity lit trees, they did not become universal until after World War II. So, lit electric Christmas trees with lights were not in homes until after World War II. Wow. Okay. Many of the early Christmas tree lights burned so hot that they were just as dangerous as the candles. True outdoor Christmas lights were not introduced to the public until 1927, almost 45 years after the first electric tree lights were demonstrated. The sets were offered for sale as a safe to use outside before um, before 1927, but they were small, dangerous, and extremely impractical for the average family. It's also interesting to note that while Christmas is uniquely a Christian holiday, most of major Christmas lighting companies were owned and operated by people of the Jewish faith. Uh. Many of the earliest figural light bulbs representing fruit, flowers, and holiday figures were blown into molds that were also used to make small glass ornaments. These figural lights were painted by toy makers, and they were both, so they would be blown into the mold, much like, you know, depression glass and things like that, and then taken out and painted. The bladed wall socket and plug that we still use today are developments of the devices invented to allow interconnectability of multiple strings of lights, right? Patented as TACON connectors, there were several versions available, but eventually the bladed one out and evolved into what we use now, which is the wall plug socket. General Electric was the first company to offer pre-wired Christmas light strings. Prior to this, lights had to be hand-wired on the tree, which sounds so dangerous. But GE was unable to patent their string, and then the market was open to anybody. So then everybody started making Christmas lights because the patent wasn't secured by General Electric. Um, It's common but incorrect belief in the early days of electric Christmas lighting that Christmas light bulbs would burn longer in an upright position. Early decorators, like I said, spent so much time trying to get them positioned on the tree just right. Hold, please. So when they first started, there was large intermediate size base for outdoor Christmas lights. And then what they were sold as was seven lamps that were wired in a parallel so that the failure of a single lamp would not affect the rest. Earlier lights are round, but in 1928, they were swirled or flame shape. And they were also painted on the outside. But later issues featuring, uh, well, later they started doing the scratch proof inside color. Um, and those are what are still made today. Although they are once again smooth rather than textured and the color is on the outside. Um, it's interesting to note that General Electric and Edison Electric distribution companies sponsored many neighborhood decorating with color light contests in an effort to induce sales of their lights, which I'm like, is that where Candy Cane Lane comes from here? Oh, maybe, maybe. So the interesting thing about what I'm now collecting is. These are, so most figural Christmas lights were made out of milk glass for one specific reason. When the Christmas lights were blown into the molds and then hand painted, that paint would flake because of such high heat. It would cause the glass to expand and then contract and cause the paint to chip and fall off of the ornament. So they didn't stay painted for very long. They had a really short life. And therefore, people were just throwing them away because they weren't pretty to look at anymore. And because of the war, there was not as much distribution coming out of Europe, which is where most figural lights were made, Austria, Germany, France, all in that area. Then there was the war. And so things were not being shipped from Europe. So Japan took up the cause of making figural lights. And they started making them out of milk glass. And mm-hmm. then they were painted by toy makers. And then, unfortunately, a lot of children were used to paint these um, Christmas lights. And they were made to imitate just different shapes at the time, whether they were Christian symbols or animals, food, fruit, and different things like this. But these started in, like, the 20s and 30s was when um, they started to make these. And then they fell out of popularity. And we went back into just regular glass ornaments um but i thought that was so interesting because when i looked at them i was like these look like they're so old like 20s or 30s so then to find out like why they were made and how they were made was just so cool and makes it even more sad that i dropped that one I know. Oh, I know. it was
1: a little mm-hmm. it was like slow motion it too. was
0: it was so there's your little blip about uh little Christmas lights. The milk glass ones remained popular until world war two. And then they fell out of fashion like everything else.
1: Yeah. And then like now it's like, they're slowly coming back and Mm -hmm. it's like this trend. But, um, one thing I've noticed though, and I have started collecting these and my best friend Tammy has been collecting them for quite some time. Um, are nutcrackers. Um,
0: I don't think I own a nutcracker.
1: I didn't either until, so in Houston, every November, they have what they call as a Nutcracker Ballet because the Houston Ballet puts on the Nutcracker performance. Mm -hmm. And so they have this uh, market where it's like all these vendors under, and it's in the uh, Houston Texans training facility. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like huge. Like it's, I think it's three or four days because you need at least two good days to see everything. Wow. Um, But it's, They have different vendors, all sorts of things ranging from like food to jewelry to kids stuff, to decorations, like all spectrums of Christmas under the training facility of the Houston Texans. And every year they have like their, their what they always have a section of nutcrackers, but they always have like the year's nutcracker. And so Tammy always tries to get at least that one and she's got a ton of them and they're so pretty. And then I had gotten three little vintage nutcrackers last year, I think, at a sale. And um, they're not very tall. I think maybe they're like three inches, maybe. And they're all different cut. Like, there's like a red one, a blue one, and a green one. And they're just little toy soldiers. And they're like the cutest little things ever. And then I got to thinking, uh, a lot of my decorations, though, kind of look like nutcrackers. And so, um, I couldn't find like, just like general, like a good article. So it's kind of going to go all over, but, um, so, uh, this part of, uh, this article is from slate.com and it's, it, it says a brief history of nutcrackers, but this thing just goes on forever. <laughs> so if you would like to read the more in-depth stuff about it, cause it goes like, it talks about the woman's own collection and her mom's collection and wow, all this, but, um, but it says, the dolls originally symbolized good luck in German tradition. One popular origin myth holds that a wealthy but lonely farmer who found the process of cracking nuts to be detrimental to his productivity. Uh, and he offered a reward to whoever could come up with the best solution. Each villager drew on his own professional expertise. A carpenter advocated sawing them open. A sol- soldier shooting them, because I mean that makes sense. Just shoot them. Shoot them open. It's yeah. Easier.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it was a puppet maker, a profession that seems to loom a large in European tall tales, who won the day building a strong jawed, levered mouth doll. German homes didn't typically have more than one of the dolls, and so during rough economic times in the early 19th century, the region's toy makers took to the roads, selling the um, their uh, the dolls elsewhere—Russia, Poland, Norway, the surrounding areas. Uh, demand increased by the 1970s, um, had begun to produce them commercially because. If you've ever tried to crack like a big ass walnut, and mm-hmm. I don't know why these became such a Christmas staple, but I remember.
0: Yeah, we always had a bowl full of nuts.
1: Like we get walnuts or
0: pecans. Mm-hmm.
1: And we'd like you'd have like the traditional like Frenchers. Mm-hmm. But uh my grandpa I remember he had a nutcracker and he would just like wham that baby. And we were just staring at it, like, oh my God. Wow. It's like As children, we're sometimes
0: idiots because it's like,
1: you smashed his jaw and then you put it in your mouth trying to smash it. Mm
0: -hmm. No, just me. No, I was thinking of my own experience with things you see as a kid and then you do it not knowing. And mine was chocolate coins. My grandpa used to always give me chocolate coins. So I thought all coins were chocolate. And my mom was very good at the Heimlich maneuver, the pelvic thrust, I think is what it's called now. Yeah. Yeah, choked a lot on coins as a kid.
1: I mean, it took a while before you realized. Still it struggling to this day. I mean, I still don't think, I wonder why they just don't.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but Nutcrackers got what would turn out to be the biggest boost when Peter Tchaikovsky's adapted um, an 1860 Hoffman Christmas story called The Nutcracker and the Mouse King which is famously, uh, which is famous and wildly successful ballet, first performed in 1892.
0: Wow.
1: The ballet wasn't immediately a hit, for, so for years after its debut, the German version of the Nutcracker featured therein remained largely a regional phenomenon. In fact, the most popular Nutcrackers at the time of the First World War were probably wood-carven human or animal heads made in the Groden Valley of Northern Italy. The nutcracker wasn't widely performed until the mid-20th century when it became a distinctively American hit. The war also played an important role in introducing Americans to the German nutcracking nuts. According to Arlene Wagner, curates the Leavenworth Nutcracker Museum, American GI stationed in West Germany after the war began purchasing the figurines to send home as Christmas gifts. Despite the fact that many of the dolls were modeled after Persian soldiers and the American defeated the Nazis was still recent history, So there's something ancient and primal about the urge to display your fellowed enemy in some form or another. Which that's a uh... little too much.
0: Yeah, like look what we did. Yeah, let's not. Uh, let's pump the brakes on that.
1: I know. I'm so glad we turned more to like the cute.
0: Mm-hmm. You're not, not like barbaric nutcrackers. Um
1: mm-hmm. the popularity of these figurines probably had more to do with the charming woodwork, their bright colors, and the strength of the strength of the dollar than old fashioned trumpet trumpetalism. Uh, um so and then I found this other art. So Leavenworth is actually a town in Washington State, where I'm originally from, and it's close to where uh I grew up oh. in Wenatchee. And so it is. It is a little Bavarian village. Okay. Everything is Bavarian, like uh the food there, um, they have German beer, German wines, German chocolates. We go every Christmas, so if you're close to there, you have to go during Christmas time because they like that bitch.
0: Oh, Oh, about everything
1: from head to toe is in Christmas lights, Christmas decorations. We used to go there every year during Christmas time, um, and they they have nutcrackers everywhere. Oh. I love this. So, and they so they have this museum and it has nutcrackers from all over the world. And I found an article says they have um over 7,000 nutcrackers ranging from Roman times to present. What? Yeah, and then they go on and So the history of this museum, it opens the doors in 1995 as a private showing for the collection of um, this couple, George and Arlene Wagner. And soon after that, this uh, Washington State nonprofit corporation was formed. The museum started with just a shop space on the second level of a commercial building occupied by two other independent businesses. In 2003, the museum was enlarged to encompass the complete second floor of the building, approximately 3000 square feet and at that time had a lift was installed to accommodate the handicapped visitors. Because if you go there, there are two story buildings. So you would have little shops up top and like restaurants in the bottom, or like there'd be three little shops on top. Like it's really compact, but it was like, that was the charm of it. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, let's see. feels really old world.
1: Yeah, it does. And it does feel like, I don't know, maybe one day I'll get to Germany and be like, This is bullshit.
0: This is nothing like like Leavenworth, Washington. (laughs) This
1: is not how I expected this to be. (laughs) Um, But so they have all sorts of, hang on, let me find it. So they said the the oldest known metal, the oldest known nutcracker was metal. And it dates back to 3rd, 4th century BC. And that one is in a museum in Torrance italy wow um but leavenworth has a bronze roman nutcracker dated between 200 bc and 280 and it was found in 1960 after being buried for over 1800 years
0: whoa yeah
1: and so then they also have iron lever nut nutcrackers um from the france region Um, The wooden ones, which are the most popular ones that we know, um, the first wooden nutcrackers were simply two pieces of wood fastened together by a leather strap or metal hinge. By the 15th and 16th century, wood carvers in France and England were creating beautiful wooden nutcrackers. They used the wood from their their area, but preferred boxwood because it was fine-grained and uniform in color. Many of these delicately carved nutcrackers can be still seen in the museum there. Uh, but they have some from like Austria and Switzerland and of course Germany. Um, okay, so this is the one on Germany. Standing wood n- wooden neckcrackers in the form of soldiers and kings were shown in Sonnenberg and Eisenberg regions of Germany in 1800 and 1830. The term Usnacker appeared in the dictionary of the Brothers Grimm. It was defined as often in the form of a mishappened little man in whose mouth, the nut, by means of a lever or screw is cracked open. In 1872, Wilhelm Faulkner, known as the father of the nutcracker, made the first commercial production of nutcrackers using a lathe to create many of the same design. They have uh one of his nutcrackers and it's like 1880 whoa um but yeah so I highly recommend if anybody is ever near it's like three three hours east of Seattle
0: okay I think
1: um but I mean that whole area is so beautiful but um Leavenworth is like One of the places I always like—if anybody's going to be close to that area—I always recommend them going there because it's such a cute little thing, and the nutcrackers are so beautiful.
0: Well, and it was—we went to an estate sale this year that Linda put on, and it was insanity. For it was in Idaho Falls, and the woman had a garage full of Christmas, and there was like a Santa blow mold, and but she had a collection of probably a hundred nutcrackers that were all german nutcrackers they were
1: all german all handmade um and she had them very reasonably priced yes um and i told because i kept going back and forth on whether to get one or not Mm -hmm. and i was just like no and then i told ethan because she was because that sale went on for quite some time Uh uh-huh and uh once she started to have the sales i told ethan because he had He was going to go back just to look to see what was left. And I Mm -hmm. said, well, I said, if those nutcrackers are there, will you get me one? And he said the woman in front of him snagged all of them. And I think there was like maybe 20 left. And I was like, oh, well. It's
0: so sad. I wish I would have. This is the other forever regrets, right? Of shopping, knowing things, right? Several months after a really good sale like that. And then thinking back on the things I saw and, like, I should have taken longer to look through the ornaments or, like, whatever, right? I know. But
1: you're like me. When there is so much, it is so overwhelming. And people are, like, on you and around Mm -hmm. you. And, like, you just. And it's. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When it's a lot of people like that, like there are some people that go to estate sales all the time and kind of know like estate sale etiquette, right? Like you're kind of paying attention to people coming in and out of a room and like moving out of the way because the house is not built for, you know, a bunch of people to be in. And there was no like um, a certain amount of people in, certain amount of people out. It was just like a free for all.
1: Yeah. And it's really – yes – we're all collectors and yes, we're all looking for that special thing, but you also need to be aware if somebody got there first, then they got there first. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's like, if you don't need all of them, don't take all of them. That's what really irritates Mm -hmm. me because when he said that, yeah, I was like, she's reselling them.
0: There was a lot, a lot of resellers at that sale.
1: Nobody buys 20 nutcrackers for their own collection. And I told him because there was one, it was a little toy maker one. And he had his little table and little toys. And it was just beautiful. It's just darling. It was so cute. And I told him if that one was still there, that's the one I wanted. Mm -hmm. I said, but if it's not, I would be happy with any one of them. And I just wanted one. And he said like that woman just like sailed in and snatched them all. Which I get. You are in, you need to make a living. I totally Mm -hmm. understand that. But at the same time, it's like you couldn't have left like three.
0: Well, and it's gotten the pandemic really ramped up reselling, right? There's so many more resellers now. And yeah, it was the Linda usually has like two or three hold tables, maybe four hold tables at her sales. There was nowhere to put anything at your tables because people had filled them with the stuff that they were taking out of there. And there was this group of people that were clothing resellers. There was a lot of Patagonia and Pendleton at this sale. And they came out with trash cans, like yard size trash cans full of clothing that they were buying from the sale. And I was just like, I get it. I get it. Like you got to make your money. But I'm also like, that sucks for somebody that maybe collect. I don't know. It's like this constant, like back and forth. I go on. I know.
1: It's like that... It's like that fine line because, you know, we are friends with resellers Mm -hmm. and they, and you know, cause they tell us the frustration of that too. Yeah. Right. Like they understand that they have to make a living, but they also understand like, that's not your niche. So why did you get that?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just because you saw,
1: just because you saw it was going, like, it's a popular thing now. Mm -hmm. What you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It just gets frustrating because where you and I are not resellers and stuff and we want these things for our own collection. Mm-hmm. It just gets a little frustrating sometimes. And I don't know if it's like other places or something, but like we went to that one yard sale or estate sale, and the woman had boxes and boxes of jewelry. Yeah. And we had got we I had found it first yep. and I had showed you and Melissa and we were like going through it. We weren't taking everything. Mm-mm. But we, and it was in a little corner of a
0: porch. There was barely
1: room for the three of us to stand. Yes. And we were looking quickly. It's not like we were holding every piece up to
0: the sun to see, is this real? And we were not in anybody's way.
1: No. And, you know, we had one lady, she just kept
0: putting her hand in. Mm -hmm. Like, and it was like, it was a four foot deep porch. Okay. So it's Melissa, me, and Jill, like our three bodies tucked into each other. And this woman is reaching her hand in between our bodies. To And I just looked at her and I went, we are standing here looking at this. You need to back up. And she looked at me and I said, we are looking at this. We're not taking everything. When we finish looking through something, I will hand it to you. Like, get out of my space. Yeah.
1: And then we had that one guy coming. He's like, oh, you guys found something good to sell. And I was just, I looked at him and I said, I plan to sell none of this. Mm -hmm. I said, this is for me. I love vintage rings and that's what I was looking for. Yeah.
0: And he was standing on the other side of the balcony and he goes, well, how long are you guys going to take Yeah.
1: Because he thought we found some good stuff, which to us we did. Like I found some great jewelry And some of it's brand spanking new. Mm -hmm. And I got a couple vintage pieces. But to me, they're I loved them. And he was like, Oh, how much do you plan to sell that for? I just looked at him and I'm like, I'm not. He's like and he gave me the oh okay.
0: Yeah. I'm like, no,
1: dude, I'm not. I believe it or not, not all of us are into reselling.
0: Well, and then this was the woman's house that had so graciously let us come a couple different times before the sale and let us look through stuff and buy stuff. She was she's so nice. Yes. And there was stuff that she had not put out yet. And so we were asking permission before we opened a box. We would go, Hey, Jackie, can we look through this? Yes. And we found I
1: found a couple boxes that I was like, oh, I mm-hmm. don't think she meant to get rid of these. Yeah. And I took them to her and I said, I don't know if you're going to sell these or not, but I wanted them to you to make that decision before anybody else did. Yep. And she looked at it and she's like, oh my God. She's like, how did that get out there? Yeah. And I said, I don't know. I said, there's a bunch of boxes here. I said, I'd be happy to grab them and hide them for you if you need me to.
0: Mm-hmm. She was so and overwhelmed. She,
1: yeah. And she was like, no, she's like, these two boxes are like definitely not for sale because mm-hmm. I guess it had some of her mother's jewelry in it.
0: Oh. Yeah. That's the other thing too. If you are at, an, at a sale, a garage sale, a yard sale, an estate sale, and you find something that is looks to be super personal or important, take it to the people running the sale and ask them, hey, was this meant to be out here? I just want to double check. This looks like it's, you know, we've found going through houses, we've found military photos, family photos, pieces of gold jewelry, you know, and we always go, hey, saw this did you mean to do this? And nine times out of 10, they're like, Oh my God, thank you. I had no idea that got put out. People were helping us.
1: Yeah. Or even if you are, if you do grab something and you go up to buy it and they just are like, Oh no, that don't be a bitch or a dick about Mm -hmm. it. That's their, that's theirs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just say, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. No, you please keep that.
1: And that being said, we went to another estate sale and it was a gentleman and we knew his daughter and she was the one trying to get him to get rid of stuff because he had so much mm-hmm. of it. And he, I had a cute little, it was like a tiki press lava uh, mold and a couple other things. And I just looked at him and I said, well, how much do you want? Cause then none of it was priced mm-hmm. and he kind of just like looked at it for a second. I said, if this is something you want to keep, I'm happy to give it back to you. I mm-hmm. said, I just collect these kinds of things and I've not seen one like this. And his daughter comes. She's like, no, dad, you need to get rid of that. She's like, you have, you
0: have 10 just like it. Oh dear. I think that's the sale I missed.
1: Yeah. And he mm-hmm. was just like, okay. okay. And then he, she looked down. She's like, give her a good price because these are my. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Please.
1: I was just like, you know, I was like, just fair price. I was like, whatever, you know, I'm happy to pay what you want to. But in the end, he did give me a good price because she was just staring at him.
0: Dad, you have to sell it.
1: It was just funny. She's like, you have 10 just like it. I
0: was like, okay. Yeah, you probably should sell this. But yeah, there's our our soapbox corner at the end of the holiday episode. It's just be fair. Just be nice. Be nice. Be fair. Be nice. Missing out on one. Piece of vintage is not going to make or break your business. It's not going to make or break your collection. But your attitude and your energy and the direction of which you enter and leave that is going to follow you a lot longer than that piece. I promise. I promise. Just be good. Be nice. Okay. That's all we had today for this holiday episode. We hope, whatever your situation is, whatever your relationships are, that you do enjoy this season reach out to the people you love, speak to them, make your own traditions, forge your own stuff and memories, but just be good to each other. Be and don't nice. Be so,
1: and try not to stress out about mm-hmm. these little things that yeah. people get stressed out about. It's not, it's honestly to me, whatever gift I give, it's always about the thought.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: I. It's never about the, I, you know what? And I love when my kids used to make me hand gifts, like yep. the cards they would make me in little ornaments and, I just think uh, nowadays people are so caught up mm-hmm. in the item and not the thought behind it that I really think this is the time to kind of step back and look at what's important to you mm-hmm. and what you, su- and who you surround you with, whether it's your blood family or the family you pick, make yep. sure you surround yourself with love.
0: Yep. And you know, with shipping delays and all of those things, don't forget to either thrift to gift Buy some vintage, support small businesses now more than ever, especially after the last year we've had. And, you know, be good, do good. All those things, okay? That's from your moms, straight from your moms to you. It's true. Your moms have spoken. Your moms are here to tell you, okay? God damn it. Right now, we would like to thank our beloved patrons, especially for this holiday season. Your packages should be showing up to you here shortly before Santa comes down. Cannot yes. wait for you guys to see them. Right now, we want to start by thanking Katrina and Erica in Arizona, Bray in Colorado, Emily and Crystal in Nevada,
1: Ruth in British Columbia,
0: Ruby and Autumn in Ohio,
1: Erin in Wisconsin,
0: Melissa and RJ in Florida, Gina in South Carolina, Julia in Sweden, Jasmine in Kentucky, Kyla in Indiana. Kelly, Javier,
1: Donna, Mandy, and Riley in California,
0: and Betty, Lisa, Erin, T.C. Lionel, Melissa, Christina, Becky, and Ashley in Idaho. A gigantic thank you to our team behind the scenes here at the Mothball Prophecies. Gray for making the show great every week and adding in your little touches of excellence. We really appreciate it. And to
1: spell check for your lovely words every time on paper.
0: Literally every time. Thanks Magic. for helping me write emails, ads, all of it. <laughs> you think it's my brain? Mostly it's spell checks.
1: It's, a, it's you. It's 90% spell check. We have the idea, but spell check just makes it sound really good. She, she
0: perfects it. As always, I hope you find some good shit that you really love. And I hope you look under the tables and pass on the joy. That's right. Bye. Thea.